Greetings to all of you in the name of Christ. This is Terrence Hunt again with the Leadership Legacy Podcast. This is podcast number two. Today we're going to talk about the thought, following God's thoughts, following God's thoughts. But before we do that, I did want to do a little housekeeping and just share with you all that I originally intended to do this podcast about once per month. And after consultation with some people, um, some wisdom, it just seems like it would be good for us to do this maybe twice per month. And I keep the flow going here as people are hungry for the word of God and wanted to enhance their leadership on a spiritual level, feel like we should do it more frequently. So that's what exactly what we're going to do. I had a little bit of a distraction last week, but uh, back this week and ready to go. Okay. So I hope this is a blessing to you all. I'm glad that you all are here under the sound of my voice. I pray that you will share this with those that you care about. Uh, If this is in any way a blessing to you, please share. We want the word of God to go forth and to transform people and atmospheres. One of the things we know is that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, but we as leaders also influence others. And so you can change the world by touching those around you. Amen. So we'll go forward, and today we will read from the Gospel of St. Matthew, verse, the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 17, verses 1 through 8, and it reads this way. Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm ready now. After six days, Jesus takes Peter. James and John, his brother, and bring them up to a high mountain. And he was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. Then answered Peter and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you will, let us make three tabernacles here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he yet spake, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were so afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and be not afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes. They saw no man, save Jesus only. So they didn't see anybody else but Jesus after they lifted up their eyes. We want to thank you for this, and uh, let's pray as we go forward. Father God, we just want to thank you for this word. We thank you for this teaching. We ask you, Lord, to speak through us here. Lord, we ask you that you would transform lives, that you would transform our thinking, that you would transform hearts, transform atmospheres, marriages, organizations, Lord, just have your way as we learn how to follow your thoughts. Lord, we forsake our thoughts for your thoughts. So we thank you. And we ask you to help us to build your kingdom one bit at a time. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see here in Matthew 17 that Christ takes Peter, James, and John to the high mountain. Note to everybody, Everybody cannot go to the place of revelation. 
Everybody cannot go. So Jesus took three disciples that he felt could handle what he was getting ready to share with, share with them. And the rest of them couldn't come. Sometimes in your life, God will want to do new things in your life. And everybody's not able to come. Maybe it's your cousin or your mother or your friend or those people on your job. They can't come because God's trying to show something to you that he wants to reveal to you. And he doesn't want there to be a lot of noise and distraction around you. On the high mountain, he takes Peter, James, and John because he want to overcome the low thinking. You want to overcome the low perspective. You want to overcome distractions. Do you realize that the perspective on ground level is not the same as the perspective at 30,000 feet? If you're in an airplane at 30,000 feet, you see the land in a different perspective than you do at ground level. This is exactly how God wants you to understand his thinking. It's different from our thinking. He can see much further than we can see. He can see higher, further, greater distances. And we have to trust his thinking. Because what we see on ground level is not all there is to see. So God wants to give us new perspectives, a new understanding. Christ revealed himself to these disciples with Moses and Elijah. It was powerful. It was definitely a moment worthy of, uh, worthy to be noted in the scriptures. But here's the problem. While these three disciples are having their revelatory moment with Jesus, Peter decides to start talking and interjecting his thoughts. The problem we have with following God's thoughts is that God don't need our permission to do what he wants to do, but he also doesn't need our input into what he's trying to do. I didn't ask Peter what he thought at that time. Peter talking about, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles. That had nothing to do with the purpose for which Jesus took them to the high mountain. Sometimes we're trying to do things that God did not intend to be done. Sometimes we're trying to understand a revelation in a way that God never intended. What we have to do when we hear from God, when we see God, when we understand his presence and he's doing some things, we have to ask God, what do you intend to do here? What's your purpose in showing me what you just showed me? We cannot go off our own interpretation. We are not smart enough. We are not intelligent enough. We are not um, wise enough to understand why God is showing us what he's showing us. We have to trust him with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. And this is funny because while Peter's talking, the Lord interrupted Peter after he interrupted the situation. And the bright cloud overshadowed them and behold a voice out of the cloud, which says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. <laughs> I heard one preacher say, the Lord told Peter, shut up. I don't want you to talk about anything. Hear the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you need to be listening to right now. How many times have we tried to do things in our own strength? And it fell apart. It didn't work. Because we are trying to do things according to our understanding. And God's saying, I have a different plan in mind. I have a different thought in mind than what you're trying to accomplish. 
we have to understand that God didn't need Peter's opinion about the situation. God already knew what he wanted to accomplish, what he wanted to do in that situation. We have to understand that. And so let's look at this. We understand that God, he thinks differently from man. That's very important. And that's very significant for us to understand that God thinks differently from man. We are not smart as smart as God. We can't even come close to being intelligent as God. So I don't understand our pride in this situation where we think we are smarter than him and can do things our way and they turn out right. As a Christian, we know we can't do nothing without God's help. Let's look at Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. It says that for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Remember that analogy I gave you earlier about ground level and that airplane at 30,000 feet? God saying, yeah, my thoughts are like the airplane at 30,000 feet. My ways are like the airplane at 30,000 feet. Actually, it's higher than that. I'm just giving you something you can comprehend. Um, and he's saying, your thoughts are like that, which is on ground level. Your ways are like that, which is on ground level. That's a big difference in distance. 30,000 feet? Whew, it's a big difference. But really, what God really is saying is the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Now, can you measure the distance between the heavens and the earth? I don't think I have a yardstick long enough to measure that far. I don't think I have a tape measure long enough to measure that far. God's saying, huh, your thoughts are not even close to being what my thoughts are. Your ways are not even close to being what my ways are. In order for us to be effective in building God's kingdom and having kingdom leadership, we got to understand God's thoughts. We got to understand his ways. And that is going to take prayer and fasting, my friends. That's going to take study of the word of God, my friends, because we don't have the capacity to understand God's thoughts in our own ability. We don't have the capacity to understand God's ways in our own ability. It takes faith. It takes prayer. It takes fasting. It takes the Holy Spirit to be able to understand God in that way. And as we move on, we have to understand something that the churches and religious people and institutions can sometimes be a hindrance to us understanding God's thoughts. Now, if you're in a good Holy Spirit filled church, if you're in a good Bible believing church, I'm not saying that your church can't be effective in helping us understand and reveal God's thoughts. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying as a whole, our religious institutions can often bind us. As a whole, our religious institutions can sometimes hold us back from understanding what God's thoughts are and revealing God's thoughts. Because sometimes these religious institutions are based on sometimes a mixture of man's thoughts and the Word of God. And no mixture is going to help us understand what God wants to do in this earth. No mixture is going to get it done. We need the pure, unadulterated, undefiled word of God to be able to understand how God thinks and how God operates. First of all, the thing you have to understand about churches and institutions is that they age. 
And sometimes they lose step with the times that we're in. But we serve a God that lives in eternity and not in a time. He knows what's coming before it comes. He's able to give you instructions before the times change so that when the times change, you're ready to step into them in step with him. And so I want you to understand now, you don't want to be tied up in a tradition. You don't want to be tied up in something that's not able to adapt to what God's doing right now. And sometimes religious institutions, churches, the world system, sometimes it's behind the times because often they're stuck in what was and what has been. But God's word is alive. It's moving and it's transforming. Let's look at a scripture, Matthew 15, verses 1 through 9. Then came the scribes, then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were from Jerusalem, saying, Why did the disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered them and said, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and mother. He that curses his father and mother, let him die the death. But you say, whoever shall say to his father or mother, it is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honoreth not his father or mother, he shall be free. Thus you have made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. You hypocrites, well did Esaias prophesy of you, saying, this people draw nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Hmm, interesting. Verse 9, but in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And so the Lord is telling these Pharisees and Sadducees, hey, 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 you guys are hypocrites because you're saying on one hand, honor your father and mother, but then you do something totally different. You say, I've given my mother or my father this or that financial gift or whatever. And now I can do whatever I want. I don't have to honor them anymore because I gave them something. Making the commandment of God of none effect by the tradition. That is the problem in the body sometimes. That our traditions, some of the things that we're doing, have nothing to do with the word of God. That's what Jesus was telling the disciples. That's what he was telling the Pharisees. The stuff that these people are doing has nothing to do with the word of God. It has to do with something you conjured up in your own thoughts and tried to make it applicable to the word. How many times have we seen it in a church or institution where they start out serving God and his word, but in the end, things start changing. We start getting away from God's word slowly, little by little. And the next thing you know, we got all this stuff going on that has nothing to do with the word of God. That is not following God's thoughts. That is us leaning to our own understanding and diluting the word of God and making it powerless. That's what God's saying. You're making the word of God of no effect by your traditions. You've added tradition that I never expected you to add to the situation. And now the word that you thought had power can't do what it's designed to do because you in the way. That's bondage. Oh, I know I'm making some people mad right now, but it's okay. It's bondage when you allow 
a tradition to go against God's word and his purposes. That's bondage. And often we need deliverance from these traditions because these traditions we've done for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 100 years. But we did it this way because grandmama always did it. Or we did it this way because bishop so-and-so always did it. Or we did it this way because deacon so-and-so always did it. Well, so what? It's not effective. Not producing anything. Why are we still doing stuff that's dead? Dead traditions that have nothing to do with God's word or his purposes, or bringing healing, or deliverance, or power to his people. Foolishness is what it is. Only God's word reveals God's thoughts. Only God's word. And we'll prove it to you. We're going to look at, let's see here. We're going to look at the Gospel of St. John. And we are going to look at, if I can find it now, it looks like it wants to be difficult to be found. <laughs> Hold on a second. We're going to look at John, the first chapter, verses 1 through 5. It is very important for you to understand the power of God's word. Because God's words reveal God's thoughts. God's word reveals his thoughts. God's word. In the beginning... John 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Wow. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it or stop it. You understand now? In the beginning was the Word, God's Word. All things were made by God's Word. And without God's Word, nothing was made that was made. We're trying to do stuff with our words, the man's words. But God's Word has all the power. It says that the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness couldn't stop it. Oh, my goodness. Wow. We need the Word of God. That's where the power is. Nothing can stop the light of God's word. But yet, in spite of this, we choose sometimes to do less powerful things like use our traditions or stay stuck in our own ways of thinking. It's not going to transform anything. Leadership legacy is all about doing things God's way and getting God results. God warns us not to trust in our own thinking, but to seek out his wisdom Proverbs 3 tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go to the actual scripture. I was just quoting part of it, but I really want to go there um, to Proverbs because uh, we need it. Sorry, I'm having a little slowness here. Proverbs, the third chapter and the fifth verse reads, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. We're going to read verses six through 10 also. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. 
honor the Lord with your substance, with the first fruits of all your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall best burst out with new wine. Wow. It's powerful stuff. He's saying, not only will I guide you, if you trust me, I'm going to bless you. If you trust me, I'm going to bless you if you seek after my ways. We can't think that we're smarter than God. We can't think because we have education that we're smarter than the wisdom of God, the ancient of days who's been around for eternity. Man, God's been around before the earth even started. So how do we think we're smarter than him? We're not. Now, I may have to break this up into another podcast, but I do want to share um, part two, because the first point that we're talking about today is that God thinks differently from man. And so I've just given you points A, B, and C, and I'll read those to you since you can take notes if you want to. So point number one, God thinks differently from man. Point A under that is God. No, part A is the church institutions and religious people cannot reveal God's thoughts. That's A. B, only God's word reveals God's thoughts. And C, God warns us not to trust in our own thinking, but to seek out his wisdom. Point number two, and we'll do part of this and then we'll stop and um, do some more next time. Part number Point number two is that God wants us to think like him, not the world. And that's Romans 12, verse number two. We're going to try to go there right now as we begin um, to wrap up this podcast, because we want you to understand that you can't do this. You can't uh, you can't have spiritual leadership without doing it God's way. It won't work. Let's look at verse two of Romans 12. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by your, the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Oh my goodness, there's so much in that verse. Are you being conformed to this world? If you are, uh, you're going to be real limited in God's ability to use you. You may even be ineffective. If you're being transformed according to the renewing of your mind, you are operating as God wants you to. How do you become transformed by the renewing of your mind? You become transformed through God's word. God's word gets in my mind and transforms how I think. And I become like him. And that shows what the good and acceptable and perfect will of God is when I become a person who thinks like God thinks. That's powerful. The name of this podcast is Following God's Thoughts. I can't follow God's thoughts and keep my thoughts front and center. It's not possible. I have to take my thoughts off the throne, demote those thoughts, and put God's thoughts on the throne. I have to live my life, as my pastor says, I have to live my life up under the authority of the Word of God, up under the revelation and the knowledge of the Word of God. I have to put the word of God front and center. It doesn't matter what, whether I'm Presbyterian or Baptist or Catholic or Church of God in Christ or Church of God of Deliverance or the Powerhouse of Deliverance, whatever, I don't know, prophetic churches that are out there. The word of God has to be numero uno. Numero uno. If the word of God is not numero uno, 
I'm not going nowhere. That is what happened in Matthew 17. Jesus took the disciples to a high mountain, revealed himself to them. Then Peter's up there trying to give his input. And God said, I don't need your input. You talking, you're not going nowhere as long as you're thinking your way. You can only go somewhere if I reveal to you what I'm showing you and why I'm showing it to you. And we can move with that. I wanted you to know that. And I'll give you one more point here as we go. So we're in a point number two. God wants us to think like him and not the world. And then A, point A for number two. The Lord wants us to have the mind of Christ. He wants us to have the mind of Christ. And I'm going to read some things to you. And I want you to hear how powerful they are. Because this is the Apostle Paul talking. And he's talking about how he's preaching. And he's not preaching according to man's wisdom. And what Paul did, he preached the gospel in such a powerful way that large sections of the world were transformed by him using his gift by him speaking God's word, because he did it according to the power of God. Large sections of what was then called Europe or Asia, I don't know what exactly you want to call it, but it was trans transformed because Paul was not speaking by his own thinking. And Paul was an intelligent man. Paul had multiple degrees. Paul was a man of intelligence, but he did not allow his intelligence to supersede what God was doing. Paul did not allow his intelligence to overthrow the Holy Spirit of God, who is all-knowing, Paul yielded his intelligence to the Holy Spirit, and great things happened. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 2, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I had determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Wow, wow, wow. Powerful stuff. Let's look at verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither it into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them to us. Uh, let's see here. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. What, For what man knows the things of man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. I'll just skip down to verse 16. It says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Anyway, the point of this scripture is that Paul is saying, I am not depending on my own thoughts. I am not depending on my own wisdom. I'm not depending on the world's wisdom to do that which I'm called to do. I'm depending on God's wisdom. I'm depending on God's spirit. And I'm telling you, Paul it's some mighty things. Two-thirds of the New Testament written by this guy because he put God first, because he put the Word of God as a priority. He wasn't stuck on the traditions of men. So I just wanted to encourage you to follow God's thoughts. You don't know all that God has for you unless you get in God's Word. 
and begin to seek it out and begin to study it and begin to pray and fast and seek God's face and ask God, what are your thoughts? Pick God's brain. God wants to use you in mighty ways. Let's pray as we close. Father God, I want to thank you for this time of understanding how to follow your thoughts. And Lord, we pray you will continue to teach us and use us. And Lord, help us to not lean to our understanding, but to lean to your understanding. It is by your word that the world was framed. It is by your word, Lord, that we're sitting here today. You said, let there be light and there was light. You said, let the earth be created. You said, let there be a heaven and a firmament and all these things. Let there be sea and land. And as you spoke it, it came into existence. It's your word that has all the power. So we thank you. We pray that, God, we will understand your word. Follow your thoughts, Lord, and understand what you want us to be, who you want us to be, where you want us to go, and what you want us to do. For, Lord, it's all about you. We thank you. And we pray that we let no institution, we pray that we let no denomination, we pray that we let no bondage stop us from being what you call us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, this is Terrence. I hope this was a blessing to you today. I pray that God will continue to bless everything you do and that you will follow God's thoughts. Because I'm telling you, if you'll follow God's thoughts, supernatural and great things are going to happen in your life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Amen, you guys. Have a great one. God bless.